Let's learn. Okay, section two of our Pasa Baba Kissin section. What we're going to do is we're going to start right away with the Shulchan Aruch. If you flip your page, uh, what's labeled at the bottom of page one and page two, we're going to learn the Shulchan Aruch. We're going to jump right into it because exactly what we're going to do is like literally going to be a review of everything we did last week. We're going to use the Shulchan Aruch as a review because it's straight up everything that we covered last week. And therefore, it'll uh, bring us back up today. So let's start with, you'll see in the Shulchan Aruch, the top half of the page, Os Vav, Sif Vav, is circled on the second to last line. It's page, it's labeled page one, but it's really your second page. Everybody see where I am? Second to last line on the bottom. The Vav is circled on the top half of the page in the, in the Shulchan Aruch. Yes? Yes, we're good? Everybody see where I am? I don't want to lose you before I even start. Okay, so the Shulchan Aruch writes as follows. This is Sif Vav. If you have, now he doesn't yet define it. He's going to define what Pasavobikisnin is, is in the next Sif and Sif Zain. So right now he just says, you're expecting you to know what that is, this concept of this dessert bread called Pasavobikisnin. What's the bracha you make on dessert bread? It's a Mizonos. And what bracha do we make after? Bracha Achas Me'ein Shalosh, right? The one out of the three, that's what they refer to as, we call that, Alba Michia. Then he says, If you were to eat from it the amount that others would establish on that amount a meal, then what happens to the food? It's the same food. But now I made a mizonus on it if it was just a snack. But if I'm now eating of it the same amount that others would establish a meal, even though... This guy we're talking about himself is not himself full from that amount. So then, Mivare Chalav, flip the top of the next page, Amotzi Ubirkas Amazon. So now, if you eat the amount that others will establish a meal out of it, so then you make a meal. Right, this is straight out of the Gemara that we learned last week that Pasabah Bikisnin on its own is a Mizonos, but if you eat the amount that others establish a meal on it, and even though I'm not full from that, right, that's what we spoke about, that it's an objective amount that is defined as a meal, regardless of my particular satiation level, then I have to make a hamotzi, and then I need to bench. So far, right, straight out of the Gemara, this is exactly what we learned last week. Top of the line, page, what's labeled page two, second, first line. Ve'im mitchilo hayo le'achomimenu me'at. If originally you were planning on eating a little, right, this is our classic, I was only going to eat one slice of pizza. And so I asked my local Orthodox rabbi, and I said, what bracha should I make? And he said, how much are you planning on eating? I said, I only got one slice. Make a mizonos. And then in the end, you ended up eating the amount that others established as a meal you ate two slices or more. What's your bracha chrona? How do you finish that meal? You got a bench. Even though you never, you didn't make a mozi in the beginning, you made a mizonos. You wouldn't make a mozi in the beginning. Correct. We're going to see that in the Shabura says if you only if you only add one more slice, you don't make a hamotzi because the food in front of you is not a hamotzi food. It's it's intrinsically only mizonos. It's only because you added the two together. But I already made a mizonos. So then uh, that's the answer to the trivia question. On what do you make a mizonos in the beginning and bench at the end and you didn't make a mistake? What's the answer to that? Where you planned on eating one slice in the beginning and then you ended up eating two. Let's say three slices where it would be a mozi. 
Then what? I only planned on eating one, and then I ate it. I ended up eating more. It's not only that case. I said like like I always eat the kids' leftovers. So you know you end up uh, you know you didn't think you were gonna end, but then you had you ate this one's leftovers and that one's leftovers, and before you know it, you had five pieces of pizza because you were sitting on the table finishing everybody's pizza. You got a bench. You got a bench. That's never. Am I the only one that's ever happened to? Like I don't. Sorry. Okay. Whatever. Third line, Vim, what if you ate an amount that others do not establish, meaning you're only planning on eating, let's say, one slice, and you make a meal out of it. You order your one slice, you sit down, you bring out a fork, a knife, it's my meal. But it's less than what others do. So then, in such a situation, you still only make a mizonos, that was a phrase from the Gemara, you're... Your thought process, we don't care about. We look objectively, how much food is this? And if others officially designate this as a snack, then we don't care that you're full or that you made a meal out of it. So far, so good. This was a straight-up review of everything we did last week. Yeah? I just want to know if it's like group-related or age-related. You know, you go to a you know, you go to okay, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'll tell you what it is. It's a fair question. In other words, if you look, if you go to third grade, uh, you know, pizza party, they're eating an eighth of a slice and everybody's full. They take like 16 of them, but they only eat one and then they're done. Their eyes are bigger than their heads. And then if you go to a high school boys dorm, they're eating four slices in an average sitting. And then if you go to the nursing home, they're eating much less. So what determines, what determines? It's a fair question. On that, on that, I believe we still look at it as a general public. We don't divide it up into age brackets. But what we will do, we will see that Rav Maisha Feinstein will talk about um, uh, cultures and eras in that what might have been a normal meal in 1915 in Eastern Europe is not the standard meal of, you know, 2023, five house. It's just the standard meal has shifted dramatically. And that we will play with. But within an age bracket, within a certain thing, that we, I don't, it doesn't seem like we deal with that. We're actually going to see that's going to be the topic of tonight's year. How do we determine what's a standard meal anyway? And that is going to have its own machlokas as to how do we look at that. So we will get back to that, but I don't think we're going to make the distinction. I haven't seen that uh, within that. Okay, that's uh, Sivav, straight up review from last week. Let's go to Sivzayin before we see some Mishnah Brewers. Uh, also, is going to be a straight-up review, except this is already going to add in a little bit of new information, which is going to be critical new information. Siv Zayin, it's the fourth line down, again on page two. Pasa Babakisna. So in other words, what the Shulchan Aruch did is first he told us the halacha of Pasa Babakisna, that if you just sit down as a snack, it's a mizonos. If you sit down as a meal, then it's a hamotzi. If you originally fall like this, and then you fall like that, then you still have the bench. We don't care what, what you're doing. We only care about the general. That's all. But what is Pasa Babakisna? So that he then gets into in the next, which is also going to be review, if you remember, right? Just we had three opinions as to how do we define what pasavavikisin it is. The Rambam was the dough. It's all based on how much sugar and spices and nuts you put into the dough. We had the tour who discussed the pockets in which you take a bread dough, regular bread dough, but you fill it with fruits or not meats. Meat would make it into a bread for sure. You fill it with dessert type foods, fruit fillings or nuts or things like that. And then we had the third opinion, uh, which was the bread dough, but it's baked thin and hard and you munch on it like a cracker a little bit at a time. Those were the three opinions that we saw. We're going to see all three of them mentioned here in the Shulchan Aruch. Siv let's read it inside. Pasa Baba Kisnin. Yesh mefarshin pasha suikim in kisim. Some explain that it's like bread with pockets. 
that you fill the pockets with honey or sugar, or nuts or uh, spices. Whatever in that language, that's, that's what they used to call them. The Eishomrim, some say, second opinion, like the Zerambam, that it's dough that you mixed into the dough, honey, oil, milk, or mine tavlin and you bake it in such a manner. Milk and bread. It's a big sugya, separate sugya, milk and bread. We're not getting into that right now. That's what he, uh, mentions, what he mentions. This is important. How much sugar, spice, nuts, milk do you need to put in, according to the Shulchan Aruch, to the degree that it shifts it from uh, bread into hasabah, kissing that you would only make a mazonos? How much does it need to be? What is, how, do, how do you translate that last line in the bold letters? tam taroves that the tam of the meiperos or the tavlin is nicker biisa. You can see it. That you can not see it. Taste right? If there's a taste, but when you eat the bread and you're like, oh yeah, this is not just plain flour and water bread. This is a little sweet. You ever have challah on Shabbos? And everyone says, oh, this is such good challah. It's it has a sweetness. What's that? Where do you, where do you get what? My, my house. If you come Friday afternoon for the right price, I'll sell you a roll. Just a roll? Just a roll. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to commit. They make the sugar challah. Sugar challah. I mean, almost every challah that we eat in today's day and age, if you were to compare it to a plain, plain flour water like matzah, but you just made it with a little bit of yeast, it's a sweet, it has a sweet, oh, you taste the sugar. So the Shulchan Aruch says, as soon as you can be nicker, the tam, a little bit of the taste of the sugar in it, the sweetness, according to the Shulchan Aruch, what have we just done to the dough? We just transformed it from bread into a mizonos. Assuming you're not planning on eating enough of it just yet, but as long as it, you could taste the sugar. Listen to the Ramah. Now the, the Shulchan Aruch is the posting for the... Svardim, the Ramah adds, second to last line, V'yesh Omrim, Shezet Nikra Pas Gamor. Just because you could taste a little bit of sugar. That's it. That is Pas Gamor. What is Pas Gamor? Bread. And bread. That's regular bread. The fact that you could taste a little bit of sweetness doesn't change the fact that it's bread. How do they sell it in the bakery? As bread. How's it put on your table? As bread. We say, please pass the... Bread, the challah. I don't care that it has a sweetness, says the Ramah. That's pas gamor. Elim kain. Yeshpem harbe tavlin odvash. It has to have a lot of honey or spices. Like the mine metika shekorin lekech. 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 Like lekech, like cake. Right? It's got to have enough to be cake. And then he concludes, that the sugar and spice is primary. What's that? Cinnamon raisin. Okay, so here's so now now we're talking. Let's just hold, hold on to that. One step back. Average Ashkenazi challah 
In today's day and age, if you've ever watched a woman, or if you had a few baked color, I want to be so enough, it's fine if you bake bread. If you ever place how much sugar goes into our average everyday challah, how would we quantify that? Is that the sugar is the ikker, or that it's just there, but it's nicker, it's recognizable? Right? It's there, it's recognizable. It's definitely taste the challah. It has a sweetness to it, but it's not... Primary, if you've ever watched a woman bake challah and then you watched her make a cake, you would see the difference in the amount of sugar that goes in. In a challah, it's there, but it's recognizable, but it's not primary. So what would the Ashkenaz posek say? What bracha should we make on our challah with a cup of sugar in it? Samoti, it's a bread. What would a Svardi, what would the Shulchan Aruch say on what we call challah? It would be a Mizonos. It would be a mazaras. Now, if you sat down and you're a Kovea Suda and you planned on eating enough of it, you can turn anything in, not anything, you can turn this into, but if you just were grabbing a bite of our traditional Ashkenazi egg roll challah with sugar and eggs, the Ramah says, what transforms it from challah into cake? It has to be the majority. That the primary ingredient or taste the primary taste has become sweetness. The Shulchan says, I don't need primary, I only need recognizable. So like a Danish, which is amazing. Dope. Excellent. So that was like your cinnamon and sonata. A Danish is, and I, you could always, something, again, I, this is, I don't know if this is halakhically what I'm correct about to say, but it's, I, I think it's, it's um, important. Would you put tuna fish with whatever you're holding? Right? In other words, would you spread uh, jam? Would you spread, you know, like, what, like how, would you, how do you eat it? Yeah, you could put it on a cracker. Right? In other words, so like our modern day challah, as sweet as it is, no one's going to look at you funny if you ate some of the salmon appetizer together with your challah. Like, it's true, salmon has a different taste than this, but like, it's challah. And we, we eat it like challah. A Danish, would you put a piece of salmon on a Danish? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that, that, like that, it's a funny question to ask because you because the Danish is no longer it's no longer bread it's be primarily become a dessert food bread if you just eat plain you can eat plain bread but often you want to eat it with something a Danish I don't want to eat it with anything because it's so. Okay, yeah. So if we do that, theoretically, it's a cracker, we cover the... 100%, that's our discussion. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, but I want to talk about when does it become cake. So one of the one of the litmus tests is, like, how would you eat it? A cinnamon raisin challah is an interesting, like, borderline, really tough Shiloh. Because depending on how it's made, it's, it's already, like, it's really getting into a great territory of the definition. According to the Machaber, what would a Svardi say to do on cinnamon raisin? No question, it's a Mizonos. That's a Mizona. It's clear. An Ashkenazi has to say, is it just recognizable or has it become primary? The fact that it's now called cinnamon raisin challah, as opposed to, on my table, I don't call my, ta- my challah, my wife's challah, sugar challah. I just call it Challah. But if she were to make cinnamon raisin challah, I would call it cinnamon raisin challah. Why do I call it cinnamon raisin challah? Because the proportions are different than the average challah. 
and that has now shifted. That is a tough question, because it, it, like the name itself defines it as cinnamon raisin challah. It's still sort of challah, but it's not. Now again, one, one important point before we go further in this. Remember though, if I'm koveya a su'uda and I eat the amount that others eat, what do I do anyway? So no, so if a Svardi is at an Ashkenazi house and they say, like, I'm a real Svardi and you're serving me this sugar challah, which like, what is this? This is not challah. And he's like, I don't know if I can wash and bench on this. So if you would have a Sephardi say that to you, you would say, oh, very good, a Sephardi, I like you, I get it. But what's the answer to him? Go eat enough. Go eat enough. To, to, now we're gonna, that's going to be our back half of our discussion tonight. Well, how much is that? We're going to talk about that. What does it mean to be Kovea? That's, that, we're getting to that. So, but the answer is, no problem. I understand that you're not comfortable making a hamotzi on my Ashkenazi bread because the taste is recognizable, and according to the Svarnam, as soon as you get it to recognizable, you moved it into cake. Ashkenazim are like, it's got to be more than recognizable, it's got to be primary. But even a Svardi, if he were to be, sit down and eat the amount that we normally eat, then it's bread. There's no problem, the Shulchanov says that exactly. So I actually had this, and sometimes you get a halacha, when you get a practical example, it becomes real. When I was in, I think I mentioned this, when we were in Colorado, we were sitting at a table Friday night at the Chabad, great experience, and sitting next to us were a Svardi couple, and they would not make a hamotzi on the rolls that they, you know, they gave up, because the rolls are, are sweet, and they are stark. They held, if it's not flour and water, we do not make a hamotzi. They were lenient in that they allowed me to make a hamotzi for them, and they would use my bracha. That was like, okay, but to, to make a bracha of a hamotzi on an Ashkenazi roll, which everybody knows is sweet, they were like, we hold like the Rambam, we on the Shulchan Aruch, it's got to be flour and water and zeu. And if it's not just flour and water, we do not make a hamotzi. One second, one at a time, one at a time, yeah. You made it clear about the sweet, but what happens like if it's just an egg challah, it becomes richer, does it have to be sweet? Same, same exact thing, in other words, the egg is in this same equation of, is it, is it taste, is it recognizable that it's now, you know, something more? And again, all of our, you know, we have terms like water challah, egg challah, all of our challahs are with egg, but you can buy a pure water flour, but it would be the same. We have a baker in the house. Same thing, yeah. This is all of the five grades. So if you use an amethyst, then it's for sure never hamotzi and never mizonos. So all of that is always going to be a shahakol. Once you take any other product other than the grades, doesn't matter. Eat to your heart's desire, it's always a shahakol. No, no. No, no. Shahakol and benefashah. So in other words, if it's not of the five grades, this is a very relevant Pesach time. Potato flour they make, and, and nut flour, and tapioca flour, and rice flour, anything other than the five primary grains that's ground up into a flour becomes a shahakol, and never mizonos, and never benching. What if, it, what if it starts off as challah? Pure and simple, flour and water. Yeah. And you change it to French toast. Excellent. Like that's a separate discussion, which we'll get to in another topic. French toast, matzah brai, challah kugel, there's a whole croutons, oh, there's a whole sugya of taking bread and then we transform bread. When can we, when can we, and what's the impact? Yeah, separate, separate discussion. The vagal question is first boiled and then it's called, it's called the separate discussion. Yeah? Why did this party come from wash? So that, again, that's why I, was, I could have totally, we could have really brought him and said like, okay, like don't, the answer probably was because we're going to see different, that's our next topic right now, we're getting to it. How much do you have to eat? 
So if you're not in your own home and you're relying on Chabad putting a roll in front of your table, like maybe I can have enough. That would be my guess as to what they're, you know, like, we're, we're, that's really, now we're going to address that, that, that's our next point right now. So the first thing you have to get straight again is this machok is in the machaber, the Ramah, as to how much do you need. According to the Ramah, it has to be primary. It has to be not just recognizable, but primary to turn it into a cake. And according to the um, machaber, just recognizable. I'll just jump to something that I love talking about because we have promised we're going to talk about this the whole time. You're sitting on an airplane. Sitting on an airplane, they put the tray in front of you, and you see there's a roll there, and they say on the label, Mizonas roll. You say, why is this a Mizonas roll? It looks like bread, tastes like bread. So why is it a Mizonas roll? Because they made it with with fruit juice instead of with water. Now, according to it's clear, we just learned, okay, so now they made it with fruit juice. So I say, okay, okay, let's set this, let's get this straight. So what should be the bracha now on my Mizonas roll? According to the Mizonas roll, you had these Mizonas rolls before, yeah? If I put a Mizonis roll and a regular challah roll in front of you that serves on your regular Shabbos table that comes on a regular Kiddush, would you know the difference? Which one is which? No. I don't think so. I think our regular challah is about as sweet as a Mizonis roll, which they probably put very little sugar in because since they're using the fruit juice, I, I can't imagine they put a lot of sugar in. I've had the Mizonis rolls. I don't, I don't know that I would recognize. Not only that, would you eat a Mizonis roll with tuna fish? For sure, that's how they're serving it. Did you make a mizonos on the That's what we're about to ask. So now is our shayla. I now have a piece of bread in front of me that was made with fruit juice. According to the machaber, how much do I need to transform it from bread into a, a cake? It just needs to be recognizable that it's not flour and water. Probably. But according to the Ashkenazim, what, do you, what does it take to transform from bread to cake? It's primary, not just recognizable a sweet taste. Primary, like cake, like like. So what, what would you say about a mizonas roll? It should be a mizonas roll. is not a mizonas roll. You can call it a mizonas roll all you want, but if you eat it and it doesn't qualify as cake because it doesn't have enough. Famous story of Famous story of Lifton's on the plane, and he goes to the stewardess. He says, "I'd like to wash," and then she goes to her and gets a mizonas roll. She says, well, I'm like, you know, I think you have to wash. She says, well, when you get back to New York, you ask the old little rabbi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look up on the OU website, they have, like, all the food. So under Mizonis roll, it says hamotzi. <laughs> and then it's called the Mizonis roll. What brought me you make hamotzi? But, um, but, we'll, but that, that, we'll, we'll finish it up. But anyway, this is just starting. Yeah. What happens, I mean, the Mizonis, what happens if it's not made with water at all? 100% apple juice? And then, but you can't call it bread. Bread is flour and water. Yeah. That's the old matzah question. Yeah. So that, this is part of that question of where some postkim are, are claiming it. It's a, it's weird. I was like, more than I wanted to cover tonight. But there's a discussion when the Ramah says that it has to be primary. Is that primary in taste or primary or ingredient? So there are those, some postkim who would say that as long as it's primary in ingredients, even if it's not primary in taste then that, that's enough. And so those postkim who are saying that you should indeed make a mizonas on a mizonas roll, they're holding that when the Ramah says it's primary, he didn't mean primary in taste, which is the simple reading of the Ramah. He, that it would be, as long as it's primary in ingredients, that's enough to make it into cake. Because they use fruit juice instead of water. 
So, it, so that's 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 where it's coming from the idea. But the, most of the most poskim, I, I believe, are, are defining it as primary define, taste, which a mizonish world does not have. How would you define a wrap? A wrap is going to be a wrap. Yeah. I, I generally, it's a wrap is made of fish on it. Then yeah, then, well, how is it? I don't think it's made of not made of fruit juice. It's made no, of flour and water. Flour water. Flour water. You make a mo- I think it's bread. Yeah, most poskim I think say a wrap is bread. I think it's bread. I think so. Unless it's made out of corn flour. The only thing you need to check when you're eating a wrap is what it's made out of. If it's made out of wheat flour, then it's bread. If it's made out of corn flour, then it's not. Okay, we, we got to cover a few more things. We, we, haven't, even, we haven't even really started. Um, I just Let me just show you on what we just have covered. On the bottom of page two, there's an arrow, the second arrow on the page. By Lamed Gimel is underlined, the last line in the Mishnah Brura. I boxed in the Mishnah Brewer just on the top. You can just see which section we're in. Again, page two. The second arrow on the right-hand side is right across from a Lama Gimel that's underlined. Here, Betavon Advash. This is the words of the Ramah that in order to transfer, transform it from bread to cake, it needs to be with so much that it becomes primary. Wrote Salomar Shekol Kach, flipping over the top. Shekol Kach, Havlin, Mu'urav Ben, under the Mishnah Brewer. So the left hand, it's like hard. You see when the box in the Mishnah Brew? I circle the box. That's where I'm, I'm up to now. On page three. That it's so much spice in it. You recognize the spice or the sugar more than the flour. So too by with honey or with oil or with milk. You need the majority of uh, sugar and a minority of water. So that the taste is primary. So this is what I was saying. The Mishabrur was understanding the Ramah. It's all about the Tam being primary. Some postkim argue on this Mishabrur and say, no, it's not about the taste, it's about the ingredients. And that's where you have some room for making a Mizonis on a Mizonis roll, but the Mishaburu would say it's based on the taste, and therefore on a uh, Mizonis roll served on an airplane in which the taste is not like cake, um, it would become a regular, uh, a regular hamotzi. Okay, there's one other major... Um, um, I'll just show you Lamedala there on, the, on page three again by that arrow. And this is how we as Ashkenazim act. We bake our bread with oil and spice, and that is how we pass. And so the fact that our wives put, or bakeries put, some oil and some spices and some honey and some sugar in our bread doesn't change our status of bread. Svardim would argue on that. The Svardim Shaposkin would say, the moment you put enough that you could taste it, you've transformed it into cake. And then, if you've transformed it into cake, if you want to wash on it, then you have to get to the sugi we're now about to start, which is, how much do I have to eat that it's now considered what people consider it a meal? Okay, so far so good? Let's tackle the next topic. Okay, back to page, what's labeled as page one. Back to what's labeled as page one. Okay, so on the bottom half of page one, you see there are two arrows. Okay, the first arrow, for the sake of time, I'm going to just do it outside. I just want to summarize something which we've spoken about many times. Remember the difference between defining something as bread and defining something as 
dessert bread. If I'm eating pure bread, what's defined as bread, how much do I have to eat in order to be obligated to wash and make a hamotzi? No. Anything. Right? Be careful how I ask that question. How much do I have to eat to wash and make a hamotzi? Anything. How much do I have to eat to bench a kazayas? That's if it's bread. So if you go to Shalashudas and you're like, I'm not so hungry, but I'll, I'll wash. So we have rolls upstairs. Those rolls are considered challah or they're considered bread or they're considered cake? That's challah. Okay, there's a little bit of sugar there, but it's challah. You say, I'm, I'm not really, I just want to have a bite for Shalashudas. I want to eat Shalashudas to be out to Shalashudas. I'm just going to have a bite. So what do I need to do even though I'm planning on only eating a bite? Why? You have to wash. You make a hamotzi. I just have a little bite. Do I then bench? No, I didn't have enough. Just like if I have a piece of potato gold, then I don't eat enough. I don't make a bracha achrona. If I have a cup of coffee and I don't drink enough, I don't. so you, you didn't eat enough for a bracha achrona. Just like any other time we eat food and don't eat enough for a bracha achrona, so you ate food and you didn't make enough to bench. That doesn't mean you don't have to wash and make a hamotzi because it's bread. What we're talking about is our cake sugya, Pasababa Kisnin, there you make a mizonos unless you're planning on eating enough that it's a meal. So this whole, I just want to clarify this. This whole idea of how much do I have to eat, that's only when we're talking about something which is defined as a cake that I'm transforming into bread. We have this question of, well, how much is considered others eating it as a meal? Yeah, so far so good? Okay, so if she's tasting it because she wants to know if it's cooked or baked, yeah. that's a sh- that's a separate shayla. If you have to make a bracha at all, if it, like for meat, if you have to wait six hours, that's a separate shayla. But but if it, if it's not literally just if you're even if you're just eating a nibble a bite, you have to make a bracha on anything. If I'm just having a, 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 a small little bit, you have to make a bracha. If it's literally of just tasting whether or not this is cooked or not, which is. You know, that's a seven thing. That's, that's right. Okay, let's take a look at the second arrow. Uh, begins, Okay, this is now going to get a little bit, uh, now we're going to get complicated. There are two issues to discuss here. I think I want to do the second one first, and then we'll get back to the first one. So the second one is on, begins on the underline. So on the bottom of page one, the last line, that's underline. How much is the food that you, how much do you have to eat? What's considered a meal? Because again, the words are in Hebrew, acherim kovin alav su'uda, that others, that people generally establish a meal. How much is a meal? There are two ways to define it. If I threw that question out to you, how would you define how much is a meal? What criteria would you think to look at? Not volume, I'm saying, I want to know like how much, of it, not, you're giving me the measure, volume. I want to know like, what do I look at? What, how do I figure out how much is a meal? What are the two, what are some measures? So, so one is like a general amount. What do people eat? Right? That's one way. There's another way that maybe some of you uh, Talmud scholars might be thinking of. Is there any time in halacha we define a meal, the amount for a meal? Pesach is a kazayas. Kedesviya is when you're considered full. There are some other sugyas. Any, any other guesses where we define a meal? There are two places where we use this. One is, you guys just finished some sachas, what's a husband obligated to provide to his wife? Right? There's a certain amount of food 
which you have to define how much is a meal, which is tied into the sugi of called Eruvin, Eruv Chatzeros, Eruv Tchumen, when you want to establish how many meals on Shabbos. There are certain times in Halakha where we define what's considered a meal. So the two options would be, you want to ask, how much is a meal? I don't know, go to your local eatery and watch people eat and figure it out. That's one way. And the other way is maybe in Halakha there's a definition called a meal. If a husband owes his wife two meals a day, how much is that? Well, the halacha defines that. This is how much I have to provide. If I need a meal for an Erev Tchumen, for two meals, I don't have a, right? if, if I want to set up an Erev Tchumen, I want to walk outside my Tchum, so before Shabbos, I have to bring the amount of bread of, of the meal, or two meals. How much is that? So the Gemara defines it, not based on what people, there's a certain amount. These two approaches are in Machlokas, that the Mishnah Bruce is about to give us, for defining how much cake do I need to eat until it's considered a meal. Is that based on the amount of food a normal person eats at a meal? Or is it based on a halachic definition of how much food is it? Bottom line, As far as the halacha of an Erev Tchum, if you want to go and set up uh, bread so that you can walk outside the Tchum, in you know, 2,000 different novels, we'll leave that sugi aside, not for us right now. The Simen Shin Samachas Isa. In another Simen we find, I'm flipping over to the page 2 in the box, you see the Mishnah Brura. The Shior Su'uda, right under the Mishabru on the left, right hand side of the page, is on the box, and towards the bottom half of the page. The Shior Su'uda, who? Gimel Odalid Beitzim. So if you want to know a halachic meal, is three or four eggs worth. That is a halachic shear. It's not a whole lot. It's about, uh, yeah, okay, this whole discussion. If you really wanted to get into the nitty gritty, we can talk about the different size of an egg. It's about. It's about 200 grams, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a link to a video, which I'm going to show you how much in, in real food, how much about 200 grams is of three to four eggs in halakha. That's the amount here too. If you ate the amount of cake of 200 grams worth, which is about in like ragalach, seven to eight ragalach, which is not a small amount, well, I've also been at some kiddushes. I've seen some people knock down more than that. Uh, that is, according to this first opinion, that is a sheer of washing. If you sat down and you planned on eating, again, most people don't necessarily think they're going to eat that amount. Sometimes you walk into a kiddush and you're like, I'm going to eat that amount. I know, I see what's out here. And those kind of, that's about, well, donuts are its own separate, because donuts are fried and then they're, they're boiled. Donuts are its own separate equation. But the amount of, you know, two to three donuts, if you have, you know, I've probably and on occasion a person has eaten two or three donuts in the sitting, that would be the amount. In this, in this more stringent opinion, because we define it by a specific halakhic amount, three to four eggs worth, and that's the amount of what's called a shear. Of Al-Kamachron, second line, says the Mishabruah, I don't like the Hagra, Miklalam, the Gra, and many other Achronim, Chalukin, they argue on that. They say you don't define a kviya suda based on a halachic amount. The kviya suda is a levarach hamotiv rekasamotiv al kishir suuda kavua shehu shall erev uboker. You find out what's a meal. How much is breakfast? How much is dinner? That's what a meal is. So that if you would eat at kiddush, and as imagine that you would, you say, well, how much did you eat at kiddush of cake? And then you would say. Well, how much did you eat at home when you sit down at lunch? 
You know, you sort of, if you could do this, if you, technically, again, you can't really, but if you would be able to put on a play, how much does a person consume at Kiddush? And how much does a normal person consume at lunch? And if, the, if they're different, that's what it, a meal is, what's consumed at lunch. Shabbos lunch is your meal. Anything less than that is not yet a kviya suda, and therefore we do not have to... Yeah, but if you ate Kiddush, you're not eating a lot. I'm saying it's like a person who's not, who didn't eat at Kiddush and is now just eating at lunch. And that is, that's how we define it. What is a normal meal? So those are two approaches. The Vildegom would have, therefore, how much do you have to eat in order to create a changing cake back into bread? It's a significant amount. How much, according to the first opinion of the Mishabruro that he quotes, it's a lot less. Three to four eggs worth is... Not a, it's a amount, but it's not, it's not a crazy amount. To eat the amount of cake that you need at the shop, that's already harder. Those are the two opinions. We'll keep these in mind. The, the, the two, just in numbers, the, the first opinion of four to five, three to four eggs is about 200 grams. The second opinion is about 345. That's a significant amount of food. Again, I'm going to send you a video in your email in which uh, the, we'll measure all this out to get a sense of that. 345 is a lot. 200 is eh, significant, but not it's impossible to reach. Excellent. That's our next step, right? I, I, I led right. That's why I wanted to reverse the order because we want to do this first. And now we're going to do that way. Now that I have my numbers, three to four eggs, or two hundred grams, or three hundred four grams of what is considered a meal? Do I have to eat two hundred grams of cake in order to wash? What if I have two pieces of cake and, and potato kugel? And, and, and a steak, and I make a meal. But there are two pieces of cake, or kugel, or whatever the case may be. Do I need to eat? Let's say I have one piece of pizza, let me make a more practical example. I have one slice of pizza, and fries. One piece of pizza, and some salad. One piece of pizza. Where, where do I need the amount of two pieces of pizza? Or just what, how does, what do I count towards my amount to transform cake, like let's go back to our airplane example, or back to our Spartan example, sitting at my table in Colorado. So they have a roll. I have a Mizonis roll. So they say, okay, Mizonis roll, I, should, I, should, it's only, I need to wash. Or let's say you hold, uh, you want to make it into cake, you want to, at, at what point, well, what if I eat enough of it that I for sure have to wash? Enough of it, it's, that plus enough food. Correct. In other words, was it just the Mizonis roll, which is for sure is not, it's only one little roll. But what about if I eat the Mizonis roll, and I eat the rest of the package that they give me, which is a full meal now. How do I calculate when, even if a Mizonis roll is a Mizonis roll, did I just make it into a meal? Into a meal? This also is a fascinating dispute, which we'll get to right now. How about the difference between volume and weight? Yeah, so that's also an issue in, in most issues. In here, it's, a, it's actually a machlokas Ashkenazim and Sephardic poskim, whether or not we measure volume or weight, and whether or not like a, a fluffy cake, what does that actually count as? But here the post can actually write that even though Ashkenazim generally only go with uh, volume and not weight, they would agree here it's weight because we're talking about a kviya suda and satiation and therefore they would go with the other one. So it's really, it's, uh, that's why we go with weight here, not just the volume, because the air pockets don't really, we don't care about air pockets as far as this issue goes. That's an important question. When I was in yeshiva in Karabiyavna, this was a big issue. There were two types of desserts. They, uh, kiddush. We used to have, you know, Shabbos morning, we would have um, like chakras, 
And we'd have, we finished davening, and then there'd be a little kiddush, and then there was a seder, and then there'd be lunch. The food was always scarce. So there were two types of cake that they would serve at kiddush. There was like this fluffy, sponge-type invitation cake, and then there was this thick, chocolate cream. It was, I can't describe, it was like a cockish, but it was like thick and heavy. And so we were young, young men, and food was always, everyone was always starving. So if you ended up with a piece of sponge cake, it was not very, it was not, it's not going to get you through until lunch. But the, the kakash, that, that was like, that was a gazunta piece. So they developed this whole thing in which they had like, like, not enough of a sheer. If you have the, the sponge cake, there's so many air pockets in it, you can't make an alamichia. And if you didn't eat enough for a sheer, then you're not yotzi kiddush. So I can't have the piece of sponge cake. I have to have the other cake because the air pockets don't exist in the other. That's already a piece of cake. Now I could be yotzi kiddush. It was a religious experience that you needed to have the thicker piece of cake. That was like the classic example of turning one's gashmias into a religious spiritual experience. But besides that, okay, last I'll see one more thing. This, this issue that we just introduced, go back to page one. Um, by the second arrow, across from that second arrow, underlined Chavdalet. Okay, you ever see where I am? On like four lines from the bottom of the Mishnah Brura. Chavdalet, Shachay, Rugil, and That others have enough to establish it as a meal. It says the Mishnah Brura, well, he only brings one opinion. Kasvu HaAchron. The Achronim write as follows. De'im Ochlu Levado. Let's say you're only eating this cake, cracker, uh, pie, or whatever pasta bubba kiss, and that's all I'm eating alone. Then you have to eat enough of that alone, that others would make a meal of it. Okay, that's standard. However, let's say you're eating this sweet bread, cinnamon roll, but you're eating it with other things. You're eating a slice of pizza together with french fries. You have a potato knish. Now what do I do? Says the Mishnah Brura, Sagi kesha ochel shior sheacherim regilim lisboa mimenu kesha ochlen gamkein im dvarim acherim. You only have to eat the shear that others would eat to be satiated when they eat other things with it. Meaning, if you're eating a, um, a piece of pizza, but you only had one slice, but if you ate it with fries and a potato knish and a salad, then every, the, the agreed amount would be two slices if that's all you're eating. But if you're eating a potato knish and fries, then you're only going to have one slice, and that we would agree on, that that's a normal thing. Then says the Mishabur, guess what just happened to your one slice? Now it's a meal. Now it's a meal. But there's only one slice. I know. One slice was when that was all you were eating. One slice is a snack, two slices is a meal. But if you have one slice, and then you have a knish and fries and a salad, well then how much pizza do you normally eat when you're also eating it with a knish and fries and salad? One slice. You're gonna wash and bench on that one slice. Because you combine, you combine it all with other to establish a meal. Yeah, within a normal amount of a meal. Which would mean, at, according to this Mishnah Brura, now go to our regular Shabbos morning Kiddush, and you say, oh, I'm not a chazir, I'm not going to have eight pieces of cake. Okay, that might be true. But guess what? If you have three pieces of cake, and you check out the carving station and three other stations, and you have this, that, and the other, guess what happened to those three pieces of cake? Now you're benching. I only had three. It's, I, didn't, I didn't eat eight pieces of cake. 
You don't have to eat eight pieces of cake. You had so much other food, that's all you eat. When we eat, think about your regular Shabbos morning meal. Shabbos, how many slices of bread do you eat on Shabbos lunch? Well, that's what you mentioned yes, last week, that if you just take a tiny bit to wash, and then you have a meal, so you don't, you you have don't to wash. bench, correct, you have to wash, but you still wouldn't, you have to always have to eat a slice of bread to bed. That's an all separate measure. But no, just in the, in the sense of how much bread is normal in a full meal. How much bread do you have on Shabbos morning? Slice, two slices, three. I, but then, but I have a whole meal. What's that going to do? So, what's the Mishabruah defines how much cake do you have to eat to qualify as she'acherim kovin losuda, the amount that you normally would eat if you're eating all these other foods. Well, when I'm eating other foods, I only have two slices of bread, whatever I have. I'm, I'm eating all these other things. So, if you were to do that at Kiddush, but instead of bread, you ate cake. You just ate the amount that's defined as others establish this amount with a meal. And you would have to wash and bench. New sign is Kiddush. Uh, we're not finished yet. I'm not making any new signs yet. Hold on. Wait a second. That's if, what, if, if you ate a meal and then had cake, meaning does it flip the sign? Would you have had to? This, yeah, this would be where you started. Uh, with cake. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, in the front of you, this is what I was planning on eating. Because remember, that, that's our next cookie for next week, where you change your mind in the middle. So this would be where you sat, you walked into Kiddush and you're like, Haha, I've been waiting for this Kiddush all morning. So if you were to have two pieces of cake with all this other food, that would be the same amount that you would eat Shabbos lunch. Wow. Says in the Shabruah, you'd be washing and benching. The Rebavadu Yosef argues on this. Rebavadu Yosef, if you could flip back to your, your actual first page, the Smith Stutter page, looks like this. On the very top, he writes, Hakovea Sudasu, source number three on the top. You're eating other foods together with your cake type foods. And you ate together with everything the ayin base, the dram, whatever many grams he holds. We do not combine. Other foods. Whereas the Mishabura says, sure, we just look at the total amount, and you only have to eat amount of cake that would be part of a normal meal. The Rebavadi Yosef says, no, 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 you have to actually eat the pure amount of cake that is the full meal, which is we now have two opinions, either four, three to four eggs worth, or a full uh, regular meal out of. But the Rabbi Vad Yosef does not accept this Rav Moshe, the, excuse me, the mission of Brura, who does combine. Now, we're all Ashkenazim, which means this really shouldn't help us all that much, because if an Ashkenazi posting would follow the mission of Brura, which would say, we take all the foods into account. The Sfardim would have, now going back to Colorado, so the Sfardim would say, how much challah would they have had to have eaten in order to wash and bench on it? On its own. On its own. They would have to have eaten enough once it the because as far as if you could taste the sugar, right? That already puts it into the category of cake. And if you add Rubavadi Yosef, in which you don't combine other foods to it, it's not enough that I had one roll and chicken soup and chicken and potato gogo. I have to have eaten minimally three to four eggs worth or a full meal just of the challah, which is probably why they didn't want to do so. But we do have a Rebavadi Yosef, at least in our corner, why I don't need to make new signs in shul, that says it's not just enough to have a total, but you have to eat all out of 
you have to eat it out of the uh, cake. Ramosha, Ramosha Feinstein, who is a Ashkenaz Posek, who I mentioned writes about defining meals based on cultures. He talks about um, in our, our blessed land of America in which we eat much bigger meals than he probably ever saw as a young boy growing up in, uh, in Europe. But he concludes on, in source number four with just a frightening thought. We're, we're about to conclude this. Well, one more source after this. He writes, in underline, in source four, Shalom Yoichal Hamine Cakes. Do not eat cake, says the Rav Moshe. Right? A great diet. The Yesh Alayu Torizo Dinama. It has a, like a shape and appearance of cake, of bread. Right? Our modern day cakes, it's fluffy. They're just sometimes a little colored differently, but it's basically like, looks like bread. Dim Yoichal Af Ma'at Cake, he says. Just a little bit of cake. Who live for Amim Kishir Pasha Oichel Besuda? Shalom Agin Abram Nachshon Kviyasuda. Since you can't, how are you supposed to figure this out? If I, if I add my soup and my meat and this and a little bit of cake at Kiddush and now I got a washing bench, forget it, don't eat any cake. Alright, so you needed a diet, so the, so the Ramesha would say, this is your diet. Don't eat cake, how could you eat cake? How could you have a cake at Kiddush? You think you're going to be washing and benching because, again, minimally, it's only three to four eggs. It's not a whole lot. If we go with the bigger shear, it's a lot more. But we have an opinion that it's, if you put all the stringencies together, it's not a lot before you're washing and benching. Which brings us to our last source, which is the Aruch HaShulchan. The Aruch HaShulchan, in source number five, the entire front half, which is in his bold print, is yelling and screaming, what happened to us that we're not washing and benching? The, the Gemara is clear, a pasta is a mazonis, unless you eat it as a meal. And he says, I see people, they're, they're eating them a meal all the time, and no one's washing and benching. And this is terrible. And he says, we need to kick up a storm and tell everybody to start washing. And if you're a Yorei Shemayim, you shouldn't do it. He's just like Ramosh. He's like, I don't understand what happened. Because why, why are we not washing and benching? The Gemara is very clear. And if you take the opinion of combining it with other foods, what's going on? And then after he yells at us for the first half of the paragraph, in a separate print, as it's printed in parentheses, he writes, and this is the back half of it, in the Rashi script, I have to be Milan Mitzchus, he says, on Klal Yisrael, who are going to Kiddushes all day long, and they're munching on cake as they walk around the kitchen, and no one's washing! On pasta bubba kissing, I don't understand why. Who got, where did everybody come up with this idea that just because it's cake, like I'm free from ever washing and benching? It shouldn't be. You should always be calculating. Ramosha says, I can't eat cake because it's too hard to figure out. None of us have that problem. We're eating cake all day long. Says the Orach HaShokhan, I'm going to be Malami Deschus. He comes up with the following idea. The language of the riff, he says. The riff, I don't think we saw the riff inside, but we saw the others who quoted the riff. Um... It's in the second line. Maskana is hecha de bitoras kisnin. If you eat it in the form of what he calls kisnin, in the way, the derech of eating cake, then mevarif borimine mizonos. The hecha de ochala bitoras kviusa. But if you eat it in the way of permanence, mevarich alav hamotzi. So, right, I'm going to start with the underlying part in the, in the Rashi's code. Right, meaning we said the riff picks up on says, how did you eat it? Not just how much did you eat, Attention. how did you eat it? Attention. How did you eat it? Listen to what he says. This is unbelievable. The underlined part, the last couple lines of the, where it's underlined. Mashma Milishono, it seems from his language, 
That's not contingent only on the amount, which until now that's all we've seen. How much? How much? How much? How much? Maybe he says the Aruch HaShochan, I'm trying. I'm trying to help follow you, so. Maybe it's not just based on how much you eat. The way that you eat. Listen, you're not going to believe what he's going to write here. This is unbelievable. He says, The way that we prepare for a temporary meal. Or the way that we prepare for... Asuda. Shabbos lunch. How do you prepare for lunch? Set the table. Set the dishes. Fork and knife. Everybody gathers first in the hallway. And then you schmooze. You call everybody to the table. You sit down. How do you eat a snack of a piece of cake? You run into the kitchen. You cut a piece of cake. You hope your wife's not looking and you run out. It's a totally different type of eating. From start to finish. Maybe, he says, that's what it's really based on, not just the amount that you eat, but the way you eat it. Zeyadua, listen, I, I, I have to read this in psychotheque, you can't even read this. Zeyadua, Sheba'achila suda gemura, at a real meal, poshtin ha'begodim ha'alyoinim. You take off your jacket, you sit down, there's a right, you, you literally, you take off your outer garments, you sit down, yoishvin saviv ha'shulchan, you sit down around the table. These type of snack foods, which means you grab it, you snatch the food. You eat it the way that it is. No preparation. Don't set the table. You don't pull up a chair. Take off your jacket. You grab a bite and you eat it. Sometimes they even eat it. Standing up. Oh, you want to know if it's a snack or if it's a meal? If you're eating your cake standing up, it's not a meal. It's not a meal. This is a melamed chutz. In other words, he's, he's claiming this is not this does not come out of the Gemara. The Gemara only what would come out is the amount you're eating. Shulchan didn't care, didn't write about how you're eating it. The Aruch Hashulchan is looking around at Kali and saying, no one's washing a kiddush. No one's washing, they're going to these weddings and the smorgasbord. Why isn't everybody washing on what they're eating? He says, ah, maybe it's this. He puts it in parentheses. This is not even his primary, right? All in the main body, he yells at us. In parentheses, he says, maybe it's based on the way that you eat. And when you're eating a kviya suda, requires that you take off your jacket and you pull up a chair and you sit down with a set table. But if you're eating standing up and you grab a bite, then it's by definition... Not koveya a suuda, and therefore maybe that's what we can say a melamed schus that when klal is not washing, even though they're they're eating a ton at a kiddush and they're eating a ton at a smorgasbord, but maybe the fact that they're standing up, they're walking around, it's not a meal, and therefore, uh, in addition to the fact that so that so, in summary, what we have as we conclude is what defines how do we change from cake to bread according to the svardim? All it takes is. You can recognize the taste. If you can recognize the taste, it's not bread, it's now cake. According to the Ashkenazim, it's got to be more than recognizing a little bit of sweetness. It's got to be the primary, the ikr. Again, my non-halachic definition litmus test is, would you eat it with tuna fish? If you would not eat it with tuna fish, it's because it's cake. If you would eat it with tuna fish, it's still, it can be sweet, but it's okay. It's still bread. But it's got to be primary. We mentioned the machokas, whether or not we base it on the ingredients or on the taste. Mishabrua bases it on taste. 
some base it on the ingredients, but that would be the definition of what cake is. How much do I need to eat? So three levels of the discussion, either three to four eggs worth, which is only 50 grams per egg, about 200 grams worth, would already make it into bread, or the higher level would be you got to go all the way up to 340 grams or so, which is a significant larger amount. I'm going to send you a video in your email checkout. It's a two-minute video, but it gives you a real sense of how much food you have to eat for 345 uh, grams. Can you combine other foods to hit that mark? Mishnah Brewer says, yes, we do. You do not have to have all 200 grams from cake. You just need a total amount of that food, or even 340, you can get much easier. And you have to wash just on the little bit of cake you have if it's part of a big meal. The Rebavadu Yosef says, no deal. It's got to be only of cake, which we, even though we don't generally hold like Rebavadu Yosef against the Mishabura, but we will add to that Rebavadu Yosef, the Aruch HaShulchan, who helps us all out and says, I don't know why you're not washing all the time. You should be washing all the time. Maybe, he says, I'll be Melamed Eschus, Maybe we'll argue that it's not just the amount that you eat, but it's also the way that you eat it. Which, by the way, one last point, is another reason why on the Mizonus roll, you still have to wash and bench. Because sitting, sitting down, it's your meal, they're serving a meal. It, it, the the Mizonus roll has like everything going against it. You're like, you're, 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 you have so much less to rely on for the... Uh, for that Mizonas roll. But I will say one last thing. I said that was a second ago. I mentioned to you in Montreal they make Mizonas bagels, which they will serve at a bris. So what, what's the deal with that? So when you put all this, if you want to add the Aruch HaShulchan in, there are two ways that people eat at a bris. Some people, if you're, like, you're so close to the person, you're stuck there, or it's family, like I've got to be here anyway, might as well sit down. Okay, so those people who take a bagel and some locks and they sit down, so even if it's a Mizonas bagel, you gotta wash it, no question. But if you're eating, a, if you're going to work and you ran into say a mazel tov, and you quickly, you didn't even say a mazel, you just grabbed one of those to-go things and you, you threw your bagel in, you have no intention of sitting down and you're running to the train, you can make an argument that a mazonas bagel made with fruit juice that you're eating it, then you at least you have the Oruch HaShofan. Even though according to everything else we would see, you're eating it with egg, you're eating it with tuna fish, it's bread, but at least you would have the Oruch HaShofan since you're eating it in a temporary way to rely, at least you have a little bit of that. But in any case, we have more to discuss still on this topic, but it's a fascinating one. Uh, we'll see you all Mirz Hashem uh, next week. Not, we're not going to be next, next week is Erev Yantiv. I'm sure everybody has other things to do. Um, I, I probably do myself. We're not going to... We'll meet after Yantiv, Mirz Hashem.